0: Don't clap too soon, I might lose my voice, so I hope not, I hope not, I hope not. Every time, um, do I need to sh- change mics? Mr. Jason, I do, don't I? Let me change mics. This one's going to scream. Is that it? Oh, wow, okay, all right, so how's everybody doing this morning? Of quiet up in here, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of been cold this week and it's getting dark so early, makes you just kind of want to crawl up, doesn't it? And just kind of get snuggly and warm. Sometimes it's hard to get yourself out of the bed, you know. um, This week, as I was praying about what to what to what to what word God would have me bring to you guys, and and I was thinking about you know how quickly the year has passed. We get to the end of the year, and we look back, and I can't even believe it's November. I mean, it's just crazy, and uh, my little boy Judah, his birthday is this coming coming Sunday. He's going to be nine years old, and Donna said this is his last year in the single digits, and I hadn't even thought about it that way, so thanks, Donna. (laughs) One more reason for me to get a tissue. (laughs) But But he is, he's going to have a birthday. And I was just thinking about how quickly the time goes by. And, you know, if you think back on this past year, man, there's a lot that's changed, hasn't there? Just not only in our lives, but also here at the church. And we've had some awesome word that has come forth. And, um, you know, as I was thinking about, God, what do you, you know, what do you want me to, to to bring to the congregation this week. Bishops, as Renee mentioned, Bishop's starting a series called Finish Strong. And, um, and I was thinking about that and also what he spoke last week. Y'all remember what he preached on last week? We got to talk what? Talk back. That's it. We have to talk back. And I was just praying about that and like, you know, how to, God, what do you want to say this week? And so, you know, a word, a single word just kept coming up in my spirit this week, which was brave. Now, yesterday, I guess, was official Veterans Day, right? And Friday was the observed... Veterans Day, and we think about brave, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there, you know, we're called the land of the free, the home of the brave, right? I mean, America is about that, and with our veterans, and the price that we paid, we honored them last weekend, and the bravery that it takes to to go and defend our nation, and defend our way of life, and I just kept thinking of that that word, just kept going, and going in my spirit, kept praying about it, and you know, really, the, the Bible has, it's a a book about brave people, isn't it? It's really a story about brave. You know, if you think about it, even back in the Old Testament, we have Noah. Man, it took some guts to start building a boat when you'd never seen rain. That was a brave thing to do. Abraham, wow, Abraham, the father of faith, you know, set out for a place he didn't even know really where he was going. And then the ultimate thing, he took his son and put him on the on the altar. Wow. <laughs> raise the knife up. I mean, talk about brave, not knowing, you know, just trusting that God, well, I guess knowing, you'd have to know to pick that knife up that God was going to raise your son back up. But Joshua, you know, having to 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 face the enemies to go into the promised land, well, even Moses before him, Moses having to face Pharaoh, David had to face Goliath, didn't he? brave people and you know I love in 2nd Samuel in the 23rd chapter is the mighty men of David like it talks about all these really cool dudes they were like you know the seals or the rangers or whatever I mean they were they were really just i mean you call them the mighty men of valor i mean they were they were bad. That's all you can say about it. And I was reading through that chapter, and you know, there's Shama, who's in a field full of lentils, and the Philistines coming. It he doesn't want them to take the harvest, so he kills all of them. I mean, he's like the original, what, uh, Stallone or whatever. I mean, he was at Rambo. Yeah, Rambo. And you know, you think about it further on down in the chapter, there's a guy called Beniah. Have you, do you guys know him? Have you ever heard about him? It says he chased a lion into a snowy pit. And killed him. <laughs> so I'm like, man, what can we learn from these guys? Then there's, you know, Nathan. It's not just about physical strength and prowess, you know, that kind of thing of defeating enemies and, 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 and winning battles. There's Nathan who was a prophet. It took extreme bravery for him to go in before King David and confront him about his sin, the sin in his life. You want to talk about brave? Wow. So Nathan had to confront Elijah. The 400 prophets of Baal, King Ahab, Jezebel. I mean, he, wow, brave dude. Esther, not just men, but we have women. Esther, think about Esther going in before the king uninvited, which was punishable by death, and going in for her nation. Just such a brave, brave woman. And then there's Daniel in the lion's den. And of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. I mean, I could just keep going on and on and on. And that's just, that's just the Old Testament. Just the Old Testament. Really, Jesus is the bravest man that ever walked the face of the earth. Amen? He is the bravest. But it is. It's, the Bible is a book about brave. It's a book about brave acts, about people. You know, but we forget the fact they are just regular people. They had jobs, they had families, they had kids. They didn't just float around and, you know, speak to the Red Sea. (laughs) I mean, for 40 years, Moses was in the desert tending sheep, his father-in-law's sheep. And, you know, they were just regular, ordinary people. But they were people who chose courage over their own comfort. They were people who chose to follow God no matter what. Man, that's something, I don't know about y'all, but that's, that's something that I want to know more about. I want to live that out in my own life. So this morning, what I'm going to talk to you about is living brave. Living brave. Can, we, can y'all pray for me, and I'll pray for y'all? Okay. Father, we just thank you, Lord. <laughs> we thank you for Jesus We thank you for his bravery to come and to take our place, to to bear our shame, to take the cross. God, we thank you for your word and the many people who've done many brave things so that we have that word, God. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for the, the nation we live in, that we have a place to worship freely. We have, you know, we can enjoy your word. But God, most importantly, let us never take that freedom for granted. God, help us this morning. Help each one of us, me. Help me, God. Help me, God, for that to penetrate my heart, for your word to convict my conscience, to capture my conscience, Lord. Let it capture each one of us in this place and that we truly live out the brave life you've created us to live. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, all right, thank y'all for praying for me. <laughs> so sometimes we think about bravery being like a personality thing, right? Like some people are just naturally born more risk-takers, they're adrenaline junkies, you know, the people who jump out of stuff, jump off of stuff, uh, do all that crazy things, you know. And maybe when I was thinking about this that this week, some of you probably know, I've shared with you, but I grew up with all boys. I was the only girl, all boys. And so it was an interesting childhood. My dad often says he's amazed that I made it to adulthood with all four of my limbs intact on my body because they were always like, you know, you know how boys are. Um, they always one and up each other. Can you jump off of this? Um, they would hit each other in the stomach and see who would flinch. I mean, has anybody ever done that? I know you have. <laughs> Some brave soul back there raising their hand. And there's always one in the bunch that's just crazier than the rest, you know. And we had a neighbor, my family had a farm, and so it was kind of fun. Like, this time of year, every Sunday we had this huge football game, this huge one. So, like, everybody loved to come. My maiden name is Fox, and so everybody loved to come to the Fox place, man. They are going to play bat- football, whatever we- going on if it was in the summer we bordered the Jackson River so we had river frontage and there was all kinds of stuff going on and we jump off of rocks into the water and all of that so everybody wanted to come to the Fox place and uh, we had another guy that lived up the road from us it was about our age and he was an only child so he loved to come down there but he was the crazy one He was crazy. His name was Daniel. He was crazy. And the older boys talked him in because we had a farm. We had empty grain barrels. And so the older boys, he was kind of in the middle. They talked him into getting inside of that grain barrel. And they actually, they pushed it to the top of the mountain behind our house, and they talked him into getting into the grain barrel. So he gets in it, and they push him off, right? So he goes flying, 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 flying down through our fields, down through everything. Well, they thought they could stop him, but he got so much momentum going that he went flying, and he crossed the two-lane, (laughs) <laughs> he crossed the two lane in front of a truck. He kept on going. He went on down and he almost went into the splash down in the river. And so like man, when they finally caught him, he was like crawling out of the out of the grain barrel. And he was like, he stood up, he was like, Yeah, and he just puked everywhere. So <laughs> he was like our hero, man. We're like, dang. I mean, he would do anything that you ask him to do. I mean, it was just crazy. They would shoot each other with BB guns and pellet guns. They would see how many pumps. They so see the hands going up. Y'all know about this. I did not get involved in that. No way. They blew up stuff. I mean, it was just, it was an interesting childhood. But definitely risk takers. But that's not the brave that I'm talking about here. I'm not expecting you to roll down the mountain in a green barrel. But each of us, each one of us us has has our own brave, don't we? We We have an an area in our life, life. maybe Maybe sometimes one area in our life, that requires 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 us to be brave. brave. And what I mean by brave is that we come out of our comfort zone, that we have to trust Trust God, God. that we have to confront things we don't want to confront, that we have to do things that we aren't even sure that we're capable of doing. Every single one of us has an area like that. And you know, in America, we love heroes, don't we? action movies, all that kind of stuff. You know, we love it. We love, uh, we love our heroes. We love the Lone Ranger going in to save the day. We love, you know, self-made men and women who overcome. We all love an underdog story. They make the best movies. We want to see people just overcome extreme circumstances and then actually, you know, get to the top of it and, and overcome. And, yeah, that's great. We have to be brave to have our personal victories, but your brave is someone else's breakthrough. I want you to take that with you today. Each one of us, we have a brave that is connected to someone else and to their breakthrough. It's great to to, to come through. We all want to get on the top and overcome, you know, Rocky at the top of the steps, you know, and with the hands and the waved in the air and, and know that we've kind of overcome something, but Wow, there's a brave that is someone else's breakthrough. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. So let's go to Daniel, the book of Daniel. Big book about brave. It's a prophetic book, but it's, man, Daniel was was an amazing young man. And uh, we're not going to talk about him. We're going to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to Daniel in the third chapter, starting at the eighth verse. Now, at this time in history, the Hebrews had been taken captive, right? They were in Babylon. So they were not in a good place. <laughs> they were captives. They had a king that was kind of like a, a crazy man, a little bit of a narcissist. He builds this great big uh, statue, right, that everybody has to worship. Um, they're not in their, in their home place. They're not with their temple you know, to where they can worship freely. They are, they're basically captives. And, you know, the the thing is about Nebuchadnezzar, the, the ruler at that time, he took the people and then he forced them into the Babylonian culture. He he wanted to force them into that. He took the best and the brightest of the Hebrews, which Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, were some of the best and brightest young men. And he took them in, and then wanted them to serve and, and, you know, and, and kind of put them into the Babylonian culture, right? And in this story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which are not their given names. Those are the Babylonian names they were given. So he not only took them out of their home country, put them in a culture that was totally opposite of what they were used to, and then changed their names. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother message. But that's where we start out. So here at verse eight, there were Chaldeans, and they were kind of like wise men or people in the in the in the Babylon. And they said, therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, "O King, live forever! You, O King, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the gold image, which was of him, by the way." And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. There are there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Well, this infuriates Nebuchadnezzar, and he has Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego brought in before him. And he asks them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. So he's given them an out, right? But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? So, wow, in this moment, they have a choice, don't they? He's giving them an out. He's going to play the music and see if they'll bow down. And the interesting thing is I heard a quote from Bill Johnson, who is the pastor at Bethel. Um, he said, it's in the context, context of choices that character is formed. It's when we have a choice, whether to do something or not do something, that our character really comes forth. It'd been one thing, you know, if he just made them do it, but he's giving them the choice. They, they have an out. So here they are, they're standing there, and I don't know about y'all, but I don't know what I would have done. Um, I might have been said, I'm going to bow down, but I'm not going to be bound down on the inside, you <laughs> know, something like that. <laughs> know. Oh, I mean, that's pretty serious. I would hope I would stand up. And that's kind of the the angle, well, I hate to say the angle, but the message that we take away from this passage of scriptures is about, you know, making the right choice, right? Standing up for what you believe in and trusting God. And Bishop talked about that, talking back, you know, and, and saying, and they go on to tell him, they basically say, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, down at verse 16, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, <laughs> our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. And you know, when I read these, what they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, I don't think there was this attitude with it, like, we're not going to bow down they had been serving Nebuchadnezzar loyally. They must have been doing a good job because he had put them over the entire province of Babylon. So they were still being honoring to the authority, because authority comes from God, right? So they were still being honoring to the authority that had been placed above them, but they were not compromising on what God had told them. They had the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt have no other God before me. So they knew that. And they weren't going to compromise on that. And they said, well, God can deliver us, but if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. Well, that's a great, you know, kind of a great ending to the story, but I, I think there's something that we often miss. And as I read on, you know, and thought about this, and just really let it get down in my spirit, kind of marinate down in there, if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had compromised, the next part of that story would have never happened. Think about that for a moment. What's the next part of that story? They're thrown in the fiery furnace, they heat it up seven times, right? And those people die and they throw them in there, and then all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar says, Ho! Oh, who's that in the fire? Who does he see? He sees Jesus, the one looks like the Son of Man. One looks like the Son of Man. If Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had compromised, Nebuchadnezzar would have never seen Jesus. So think about that in your own life. You may not be facing a fiery furnace, but every time that we compromise, it has an outcome. We're affecting someone else. Remember, your brave (coughs) is someone else's breakthrough. Your brave is someone else's breakthrough. So when we compromise, it affects someone else. It affected, in this case, the ruler of a nation who, because they stood up, didn't compromise, got to see Jesus. And look at the end of this chapter. It's wild. Nebuchadnezzar actually starts praising God. We get down here and Nebuchadnezzar spoke at verse 28, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made as an ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And the very last verse says the king promoted them. The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were already over the province and he promoted them again. But it's not just about their promotion. Look who was affected. The king made a decree that they had to worship the one true living God. So that, their, their, their steadfastness, their bravery in not compromising affected not just the king, but the nation. Wow. Every day, every single one of us has opportunities. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I've been perfect at this. I haven't. I think if we're all honest with ourselves, there are moments when we have sold out. We have sold out because we wanted to fit in. We wanted to be liked. Or we just kept silent because we did not want to stir up trouble or worse yet, offend someone. But I don't think that, I honestly don't believe in my heart that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were setting out to offend Nebuchadnezzar. They weren't. They did not want to offend him but they were not going to offend God. <laughs> that's the priority. That's where we have to get it in check. So, you know, we've all had those moments where we've, we've not said what we needed to say, right? We've not been... And if we're, if, we, if we're honest, that's not being honest. We're not being completely honest with people when we don't really stand up and, and, and maintain our integrity. The other... There's a flip side to that, though. Some of you may be sitting there thinking, well, you know... I don't have a problem telling people what I think. (laughs) I don't have a problem telling people like it is. Giving them the truth. But that's also a slippery slope. Because when we think that we're right, and we feel justified in that, if it's not grounded in love, it'll turn into condemnation. And that's not honoring to truly live a brave life, we have to be honest and honoring. <laughs> on our covenant that we do for the dream team, um, the people that serve here, we call the dream team, and we have a covenant that we sign. And on that covenant, it says that we honor one another. Honor is truly understanding that every person has value in treating them accordingly. Right? That's what really honor is. It's not a chain of command thing. It's not a flow chart, who's over who. That's important. We need to submit to who's in authority. But it's actually when you truly understand that every single person has value because they're created in the image of God and treating them that way. Even if you disagree with them, even if they believe differently than you, even if they are doing something that is not great to you, you know? So we have to, to to live a brave life, we have to be, what, honest, and we have to be honoring. On that covenant, where I was going with that thought is, is that there's a quote on that covenant. It's not mine. I wish it was. It comes from Chris Hodges, and he's a pastor of a large church in Birmingham, Alabama, and it says that, truth without grace is mean. (laughs) But grace without truth is meaningless. So that's the balance between the two of being honest and being honoring. You can be honest with someone, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were honest with him. Oh, king, we're not going to bow down. And we know our God is able to deliver us. But you don't have to be dishonoring when you do it. Amen. Some of the voices, the loudest voices in the church in America, I think are dishonoring. There is truth in what they're saying, but they get out there and they beat people up, and we totally lose the effect of our brave being a breakthrough for someone else. And I'm not saying back down. Don't stand up for what you believe. We just had an election in Virginia, if y'all didn't know. <laughs> we did. We did. And it was a it was a nasty campaign. It really was in a lot of ways. um we had a local race going on too in Roanoke, Virginia, for a delegate um Rod and I don't live in that district, but who the ads they were they they were harsh they were harsh and you know you would hear people say, "I just can't stand this person and I can't stand that person," and we can kind of get that way with our leaders, can't we? Not just the leaders of our nation, but what about your boss? And you know, remember when Bishop had the switch up here? People start talking about the boss and things like that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't talking about Nebuchadnezzar. They were living a brave life. They were were not compromising on their integrity, but they were still maintaining honor. And God can use that. Amen. Amen. All right, so the first thing takeaway is that we got to be honest and honoring. The next thing I want to talk to you about is being humble and living an unoffended life. So let's go to Numbers, the 12th chapter. I got to pull mine up here on the screen. It's Numbers 12, starting at verse 1. It's loading. Now, here, this is Moses. And man, Moses was, was just such a powerful leader, wasn't he? You could think about brave. You see, I mean, who doesn't think about Charlton Heston, man, with the, you know, the thing at the river? And just, I mean, just an amazing, just iconic, you know, Moses, Moses. But here we're going to see another aspect of Moses' life, Okay. Aaron and Miriam, Aaron was Moses' brother. Miriam was his sister, right? Well, this is this little passage of Scripture is going to give us a lot of insight in how to live brave in your family, <laughs> in, in your role, whatever that is, and in work and in life. So here we go in verse 1. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses. <laughs> we could stop right there, couldn't we? They spoke against their brother because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, well, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? You're not the boss of me. (laughs) That's what they're saying. And the Lord heard it. Wow. (laughs) And the Lord heard it. Now look at verse 3. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. So obviously Moses heard what they said. He was there. Because it said, now the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. Come out. Come on. So the three came out, then the Lord came down in a pillar of of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. Is there a prophet among you? I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream, not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face. Even plainly and not in dark sayings, and he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord aroused was aroused against them, and he departed, and when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. Then Arian turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. So Arian said to Moses, O oh my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, Please heal her, O God, I pray. And then the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and afterward she can be received again. So Miriam was shut out, and the people didn't journey on until she came back in again. And then afterward they moved on. So, wow. You know what? If, if you're human, you've been hurt. And you've hurt someone else. So <laughs> this is a story all of us can relate to. How hard would it be to hear your family talking about your wife? it would be really hard especially after like you know you, i think the natural instinct would be i'm praying for these crazy people i'm trying to get on birds and quail <laughs> praying for everything for them they're the most ungrateful bunch of people i have ever seen in my life i mean that would be the natural reaction wouldn't it it really would and obviously moses heard this and you know the thing is is that when we when 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 we're hurt And it's going to happen. We have a choice. Another time that a choice forms our character. We have the choice to forgive and we have the choice to remain offended. And I think the key to that is humility. It says right there in verse 3 that Moses was very humble. More than all the men who were on the face of the earth. Wow. What a huge compliment to him. And I think that that's what why the why behind he was so successful in so many areas is because he remained humble. Now, humble it's often been said, you know, that the bravest person apologizes first, right? They're the first one to apologize, and and um, you know, humility to truly remain humble in a situation is that you can't stay focused on you. That's what Moses did here. Immediately what happened when Aaron turned himself like we can't she's a leper and what was his instant reaction? He didn't say you got what you got. You got what was coming to you girl, which he could have. God said if her her father had spit in her face, she had to stay outside the camp for seven days. He could have said you got what was coming to you, you know, but he didn't. Where did he go? He went straight to God, straight to God. God, please heal her. What a brave thing to do. It's a very brave thing to do when we are able to let go of things and to forgive people and to still remain in, in close proximity to them. Because there she was, you know, part of his family. And not only did, was she healed, but he waited for her. He waited for her the seven days to be restored. How, I don't know about y'all, but I've been packing up to camels. Your butt can walk. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. I'm mean, like, you can walk. <laughs> We're getting on out of here. You can catch up if you can. <laughs> you know? And I think that would be just the natural reaction, but he doesn't do that. So when we are humble and we choose to live life unoffended, man, it brings healing to others. It brings restoration. It brings reconciliation. Amen. So to truly live brave, we need to be honest, we need to be honoring, we remain in humility, and we live unoffended. In Proverbs, <clears throat> excuse me, it says that that it's to a man's glory to overlook an offense, isn't it? Wow. So, you know, and, and the other thing I think that is amazing about these scriptures is not, it's not the, just the fact that he forgave them so quickly, is what God said about Moses. Did you hear what He said? He said, "I don't just appear to him in visions and dreams. I speak with him. what? Face to face. He beholds my form. I speak with him face to face. Oh my goodness. And you know why? Remember in the burning bush, what did the Lord say to Moses? Take your, take your shoes off, right? Because you're standing on holy ground and I'll pass before you. Amen? I think the reason that the Lord did that is because Moses feared the Lord. And it also says in Proverbs that the beginning of all wisdom is what? The fear of God. But not fear like you're scared to death. It's awe. It's reverence. For us, in, under the New Testament, with Jesus, I think what awe is, is living for the applause of the nail-scarred hands. <laughs> because when we fear people more than we fear God, that's when we get it all jacked up. Things get really, really messed up. Actually, that happens like a couple chapters over, right? It, even here with Moses and Aaron. Moses goes up. Onto the mountain to meet with God, and Aaron's left in charge, and the people start building a golden calf because he was afraid, he feared the people, he wanted to please the people. So they actually started building an idol. Wow. So I, when I read back through those scriptures, I was like God, to speak with you face to face, you know, Jesus paid the price so that we can come boldly by his blood before the throne of grace. Amen? We can come boldly before God. We don't, we don't have to crawl in, you know? We can come boldly before Him. So fear, the fear of God, and that fear of God trumps everything else. Amen? Oh, amen. So, we have to be honest and honoring, humble, live unoffended, To live brave. The last thing is to live free from shame. And I want you to turn to Luke in the Bible. Uh, Let's get over there. To the New Testament. We're going to chapter 7. And starting down at 37. Now, this will be really familiar to a lot of you. I love these scriptures. This is the woman with the alabaster box. Amen. And Luke 7, 37. Get down there. So at 37 it says, And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head and she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil we don't have to guess about this lady it says behold a woman in the city who was a sinner it was well known <laughs> you know and i think the amazing thing about this is that it took a tremendous amount of bravery for this lady to go into this house. We don't actually have this this level in our culture, but back then, a woman couldn't go into a place unescorted if she was unmarried without her father, her brother, an uncle, someone. First of all, the fact that she went in there alone is just amazing to me. The second thing is that she went to the Pharisee's house. (laughs) The very place where she would expect to receive the most judgment. Right? So Jesus is at a Pharisee's house and she hears about it. And she decides to go. She makes the brave choice to take her flask. Some people, some translations say the alabaster box. And to carry that in before Jesus. The enemy will always try to use fear and shame to control us. He'll always use those tools to try to separate us from Jesus, from God's presence. (laughs) The fact that she took probably the most valuable thing that she had. And she went in before the world that would judge her just to be close to him is so powerful. (laughs) It is so powerful. You know, Billy Graham said something. I heard this quote, and I, I loved it when I heard it. It says, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict it's God's job to judge. It's my job to love. <laughs> I think what happens is that sometimes we try to do the Holy Spirit's job, and we try to do the Father's job instead of just doing the job description He gave us, which is to love. Amen? And when we do that is when we mess a lot of stuff up. I love the scripture. It says there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He didn't say there is therefore no condemnation to those who live like I do. There is therefore no condemnation to those who think like I do. There is therefore no condemnation to those who talk like I do. There is no condemnation to those who have the same perspective that I have. It says there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. To live free from shame, we can't come under the judgment of other people, but we also can't live under the judgment of our own selves. Many times, it's not just someone judging you. We are the harshest critics and the harshest judges of ourselves. And we can't let go of something that we've done or our past or whatever. The fact that this lady... The fact that she took her flask of alabaster filled with fragrant oil, which represents the Holy Spirit, the fact that she took that and went in before Jesus and poured it out on him. Pure worship is one of the bravest acts we can ever do. (laughs) It's one of the bravest acts we can ever do. She didn't care who was to the left or to the right. She wasn't worried about the Pharisees. She wasn't worried about who saw her go in or who saw her come out. She just wanted to be in the presence of Jesus. She just wanted to serve Him. She went low to anoint His feet, washed His feet with her tears, dried it with her hair. Wow. The other thing is, is that flask was very valuable. It wasn't lost on the people what she had brought. Some people say it was her dowry. It was a year's worth of wages. Different values have been placed on it, but it was extremely value. It is super brave to be radically generous. <laughs> it is super brave to be radically generous. Ah. <sighs> So there's so much that comes. These scriptures are so rich. And one of the things that Jesus said is that, you know, somebody said, oh, you know, she shouldn't have done that. It could have been used for this or that. And he's like, oh, don't talk about that. This is going to be talked about for years to come. And here we are standing in 2017 still talking about the pure worship and the radical generosity of this woman who was a sinner. Amen. Amen. So your brave is someone else's breakthrough. Your brave is someone else's breakthrough. I don't know if you guys knew it or not, but I recently found out that in, in November um, was the celebration of the 500-year 500 500 year celebration of the Reformation. Did you, any of you guys know that? with Martin Luther, you did? So I didn't know that. I was listening to something this morning and heard that, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And, and you know, Martin Luther was this little German priest, right? And he was the one that, that was like, we don't have to have, we can just go on the word of God, right? He went up, nailed the 95 theses on the door, and he's like, we can talk to God. It's grace. It's not by works, you know, and that kind of thing. And I was thinking about that. He was such such a brave brave, brave man, you know, and, and the reformation and what it stood for. It was when, uh, you know, when those, when those, when those, those 95 theses were nailed to the door and he began translating the Bible so the everyday common man could read the word for himself. Cause before that time you had to depend on the priest or a learned person to give you the scriptures. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. And he nailed those to the door. And what came to my mind was, now, I mean, that was the refor- for Reformation then, for us to have the Word. And what I could just feel in my spirit was that now, oh gosh, the door has been flung open. And our, our mandate is to take the Holy Spirit out to people we had the word there we got access to the word I don't know about y'all but I get excited about that we got access to the word through Martin Luther's bravery and because of Jesus and then when we had the, in Acts when the, when the Holy Spirit came now we have access to the Holy Spirit it is we've got to have the Holy Spirit to live brave is what I'm trying to say and I was like, the door has been kicked open for us by Jesus to have access. He said, it's good that I go so that the Comforter can come, so that the Holy Spirit can come. And I was like, you know, when, those, when Martin Luther had the revelation that the Word needed to be accessed by everybody, well, now we need to have a full understanding that the Holy Spirit can be accessed by all of us. Amen. All the time. That's what the Switch series was about. Was about keeping the switch on. Keeping the flow of the Holy Spirit on. And listening to him and, and being led by him in every area of our life. So that we can be brave. If we're at work and we need to stand, stand our ground on something. Or if we're in our family and there's conflict going on. I know the holidays are coming. So, you know, it's a great possibility. And we have conflict just like Moses had. But, but we can have, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit to access so that we can walk in we can walk in honor, we can walk in humility, we can live unoffended, we can live unashamed. Wow. You know it, that is powerful. I'm sorry I get excited, but that is so powerful. And the next thing I want us to go to Isaiah. I don't even have this pulled up. I've got to get it. Because these scriptures, I was thinking about it. Let's go to Isaiah 61. Also another familiar set of scriptures. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Is this all right? All right. All right. I'm excited even if y'all aren't. I'm kidding. I'm having a good time up here, man. I have enjoyed preparing for this. It's been a crazy week, but I'm just like, man, His Word is just so awesome. Let's go to Isaiah. Let me find it. It's up here in the Old Testament, Melissa. It's not in the New. Let's come down here. <laughs> All right. Isaiah 61, and starting at verse 1. Now, this same set of Scriptures are the ones that when Jesus went into the temple, remember He opened up the scroll? And he read these these same scriptures because he was declaring it, because it was about him. (laughs) So it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for morning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that they that's us they is us that they may be called trees or oaks of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified but listen this is the part I want you to hear so he's talking about us right and it says that they may be called trees of righteousness the planting of the Lord that he may may be glorified and they that's us That's us, not him, he's talking about us, and they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations, amen, he's talking about us. This is declaring Jesus saying, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to bind up their wounds. I've come to give you all of praise, a jewel for mourning, you know, the garment of praise. uh, um, And he's come to bring us all of these things. But then he turns around and says, they, they, they shall be trees. Some translations say oaks. They shall be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They (laughs) shall rebuild the old ruins Wow. So our breakthrough, I mean, our, our brave is someone else's breakthrough. Jesus's brave was our breakthrough, and now our brave is somebody else's breakthrough. We pray for the region to be changed, right? We pray for things to change in our family, wherever. He's not, no, 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 no. He says, they, they shall rebuild the ruins. They. Your brave is someone else's breakthrough. I get excited about that. You know, I I heard another thing this week while I was listening to some podcasts, and I, I heard something. I had to really let it get down inside of me. I'm almost done. The speaker said, I'm not sure that it's even possible to adequately display the love of God without power. And he went on to explain that, because I kind of went, oh, okay, i got to think about that. Um, and let's think what the Word says about that. It's not possible to adequately display the love of God without power. And then he goes on to say, well, you know, I'm all about meeting practical needs, all about feeding the poor, clothing people, you know, meeting them, meeting them where they're at. He says, but the thing is, is that we can meet all of those practical needs, but if we don't have the power to set them free, that their circumstance will never change. And when he kind of explained his statement in that way, I was like, "Okay, I get that." We can we can approach things from a practical standpoint, but we still need the power of God. And I was thinking about, you know, what what Bishop said many months ago that that if we don't if we lack power, we have to have performance. Do y'all remember that? It was awesome. Awesome word. And that's sometimes what's, is what happens, you know? We feel like it's up to us. Again, we're taking on a job description that's not ours. It's our job to love. The power part is the Holy Spirit's job in us. Amen? So just trying to put all of those pieces together, how we live brave. How do we live brave? The first thing is we're honest. We're honoring to one another. We live humbly and fear God more than we do man. We live unoffended. And we live free of shame. <laughs> We have to be full of the Holy Spirit to the overflow. Amen. So this week, I hope that that you'll take those takeaways and just let them get down in your spirit. I'm still chewing on it. I am still thinking about this and processing it. And you know, because we have these ideas about what we what we think success is, right? what we think is successful when will be successful i'll be successful when amen but at the heart of things god's success was a cross <laughs> so it doesn't actually look like all the most of the time what we think it will look like what does living brave look like in your life i can't i can't answer that question for you only you and god speaking face-to-face, like Moses, can get down to the bottom of that, of what the answer is for you. But there is one final thing. Anthony, you can come on. There's one final thing to remember, and I've said it more than once, and that is, your brave is someone else's breakthrough. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. I want to pray for you all.